0: Welcome to the splash play podcast. It's fantasy. It's DFS. It's sports betting. We have special guests, Ben Gretsch today, but even bigger news Spags. we sold out. We have a sponsor. They want some of this juice. I've got a
1: family of microphones that need to be fed. So that's how we need to make money here. But shout out Thrive Fantasy. We'll talk about them in a little bit here. Of course, we also, as Ben, as as Ben as Pete mentioned, we got Ben Gretsch coming up. We have the numbers don't lie. We have all the things you come to love on the Thursday edition of Splash Play. So let's hit that intro, Pete, and get into it. All right, we are into it. Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined once again by my friend, my co-conspirator here on Splash Play. He's at Peter Overzet on Twitter. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete?
0: I'm doing good. I'm feeling like a little bit of a fraud. I didn't play this showdown slate. I was a little busy this evening. There was a lot of chaos going around, and I said, you know what? I don't want to deal with this right now.
1: It, this particular slate was one where I think there were a lot of headaches. Aaron Jones, a questionable play, ends up playing, ends up getting a lot of work early on, despite uh, this calf strain issue of his that could flare up at any moment. And uh, also the Niners, as stricken by COVID as any team out there, uh, we're recording this right now during the second quarter. We'll be recording throughout the rest of the game uh, pretty much. But it's uh, an interesting situation, Pete, where the COVID NFL is really, they were so cautious in the beginning, and now it's just like, yeah, just don't play the guys who maybe have COVID. I don't know, just do whatever. <laughs> That's basically how it goes.
0: Yeah, I had watched um, a report from Adam Schefter this morning, and he said he talked to a league official, and the league official told him this morning, despite so many guys being out with COVID, he said there's a 0.0% chance this game doesn't get played. I mean, that's the league. The league not even leaving a little bit of doubt of something popping up. They're like, no, the game will be played no matter what. And I think uh, that's kind of been the NFL stance at this point.
1: It's a weird mix of an abundance of caution where Kendrick Bourne was a false positive. Uh, he was also in contact. I think they were saying he lives with the other guys. He lives with Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams and um, whoever the fourth guy, whoever the fourth horseman of the COVID apocalypse for the Niners is, uh, you know, like he tested clean. And then they were just like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> you, you tested clean, but not clean enough. So that's it's like cautious, but not cautious in a way that's classic NFL.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, tonight the product's definitely suffering because it's not even the injuries. I mean, the the Packers backfield decimated the 49ers wide receivers decimated and it's like, yeah, we're we're degenerate. So we'll play showdown and and fantasy and stuff. But man, uh, they also it's weird timing. We got all of the stuff with Trump and the election and all of this. And then it's like, we got Thursday night football, Nick Mullins and four wide receivers. You've never heard of. And Tyler Irvin come watch.
1: It's like the NBA where they were concerned about being a distraction from the issues at hand. And the <laughs> NFL is the, is the exact distraction from Trump. Uh, some of the news feeds cutting it off. We're not a political podcast, whatever you believe, you know, just be nice to people. <laughs> It'd be the main thing. Uh, but yeah, football, a lovely distraction today. And of course, uh, let's do some plugs because we got to make sure we do, all of our plugs and a quick Thrive fantasy plug here. What I want to explain why we are working with Thrive because uh, they do work really well with what we've tried to do here on Splash Play combining the fantasy with the betting with all the aspects here that we cover week in week out but first make sure you are following at Splash Play Pod on Twitter or Instagram. First thousand people on both get followed back so whether you like the show or you just want a free follower uh, as long as you are following us you will be followed by Splash Play. Valdez Scantling just caught a long ass touchdown which um, could be good for my showdown line. It's so, We'll circle back. Um, another thing you should be doing, rating this podcast, five stars and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe so you get all the new episodes. We come out after Thursday Night Football, after Sunday Night Football. And of course, on Thursdays, we have our guests. That's why we got Ben Gretsch on today. We had a lot of great guests coming through. And here's the Thrive Fantasy read. This is the big one. This is exciting for us. And you know we are a little podcast that could be, but I think we want people to really come out and support our first sponsor that puts us. I know this is important to you, Pete. You we were profitable, Pete, for a while on Twitter. We are a profitable podcast technically now.
0: We are. You know, we've uh, we've sunk a lot into the show. Everything we do goes back to the show. We're, we're in the streets trying to get data on YouTube. Spags is, you know, trying to acquire every piece of podcasting equipment imaginable. I mean, we just have to support our splash play lifestyle at this point.
1: Yeah, and it, it feels good, you know, where we do have expenses here on the podcast, you may not realize when you're watching a YouTube stream, we paid a graphic designer to do the graphics for us, we we have a domain name, we have some SEO things to help us out to try to reach more people on YouTube, so it's it's not as a, as low frills as it might have seemed in the past, so we are very appreciative for Thrive coming in, and make sure you're checking them out, Thrive is a, a really good site for a lot of reasons, I've, I've dealt with them before when I was at Osmo, and the fun thing with them is it's all prop-based, it's still, you're competing against other people, but you're also just making prop-based bets, they They have $75,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly, and they've awarded over $1.75 million in cash prizes. And here's the important part for you guys. If you're a newer player to DFS, to sports betting, to any of that, Building that bankroll. Pete does the bankroll challenge videos. It's so important, but with Thrive, they're giving you a bonus. If you deposit up to $50, they're matching that. So $20 or more, they will match that immediately. Put it into your account. You can play it and make it work for you. And Pete, again, you're doing the bankroll challenges, you know, if you could double that bankroll immediately, that
0: does help out a lot, especially if you're a lower stakes player. The number one and number two things you can do is game selection and taking advantage of bonuses. So that's playing any rake-free contest that pops up in DFS. You play that and any site wants to match your deposit. You play that. And Lots of these sites do the odds boost. Like you have to be taking advantage of these things because it's hard to beat the rake in Mm. general. So you got to take advantage of these things that remove the rake and help you build that role.
1: Yeah, so make sure you're going over to Thrive Fantasy. You can download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or the Play Store. You'd also go to thrivefantasy.com and uh, use the promo code SPLASH. We also have a bit.ly link, which uh, you have to capitalize the T and the S, but it's bit.ly slash Thrive Splash as well if you want to go right there. But just use the promo code SPLASH. Again, that deposit bonus will be a match. And sign up now because next week we're going to do a free roll. We are doing a competition. You could compete against such luminaries as Pete and myself (laughs) and whatever other stragglers want to come in there. But Uh, That'll be fun. So make sure you're doing it. Download Thrive on the app store. Go to thrivefantasy.com. Use that promo code SPLASH. And Pete, here's the slogan that was in the ad read. Sign up and prop up today.
0: Ooh, there you go. All right. We might have to, we might have to, you know, what if you say sign up and splash around today? (laughs) Sure. You could splash around. You can prop up, which kind of sounds
1: uh, close to an erectile dysfunction ad, I would say. But <laughs> either way, we appreciate Thrive and we will give our Thrive pick of the week as well. Uh, we'll be doing a Thrive play with all of our ride or die picks. So that's the integration you can expect. And there we go. That's it about our sponsors. But go support sponsors for really us but any show out there, um, you know, trying to get off the ground because it helps us uh, helps us sell ads, helps us keep the money going, and hopefully you know, helps us invest more. It's what we're trying to do here. And we appreciate it a bunch. So go to ThriveFantasy.com. Use that promo code SP- flash all right let's talk uh, well i guess we're not gonna we're gonna save numbers don't lie for when ben gets on the show but let's talk some injuries that actually matter before ben comes in to our little waiting room uh, Christian McCaffrey. This is the big one. Pete coming off the IR this week, going against the chiefs. I think to me, this is a, already a spot where I'd be willing to play him. I'm not too worried about the Mike Davis run. I think if it's season long, especially you're just going to plug McCaffrey in and try to get some return on what you had a situation for me and my salary cap league that I'm doing. But Pete McCaffrey this week, I guess in DFS in particular, how do you feel about his prospects coming off? IR with Mike Davis having looked good, but going against the
0: chiefs in a game where they're going to be probably down pretty fast. Yeah. I, I like it because I, I say this almost for myself on a lot of shows. Like one of the last edges in DFS is not being afraid of playing these guys coming off an of injury yeah. in exhibit a last week, Dalvin cook coming off an of injury and absolutely smashing at low ownership. The irony is now Dalvin cook is going to be the chalk running back this week. And no one wants to play Christian McCaffrey. He is expensive. Um, I would say the devil's advocate case against playing him is Mike Davis Has earned some touches in this backfield. The question is, how many has he earned? How aggressive will they be? But my thought is they've been very conservative with Christian McCaffrey working him back from this ankle. So if he's good to go in the game, like he's good to go. And I would expect, you know, this might not be a 90 10 split like we've seen in the past, but I think this could still be a 75 25 where McCaffrey gets a ton of valuable work. What do you feel like
1: I mean, and, and this is a DFS number, so the ownership can change before Sunday, but it looks like um Osmo has them under five percent. I'm seeing them under five percent a couple other places. I I would think that he's worth at least getting, you know, to that ten percent mark because of the likelihood that they're gonna have to chuck a lot from behind, just throwing those quick little dump offs that McCaffrey can always find value with, in addition to him having the touchdown equity that he always has. Like I think McCaffrey is going to go under own by a significant margin. And I agree with you. Like I think the injury thing is a big part. People always avoid those Q tags and and just the risk that comes with that. But um, to me, ten percent at least feels appropriate for McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, no, I I I think uh, I'm definitely going to work him into some lineups. You know, it's early in the week, so we don't know exactly what value is going to open up to facilitate that. But sometimes that's actually a good thing because if it doesn't open up, then people aren't just doing the studs and duds lineups, and you get really unique um, with a Christian McCaffrey type build. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in it.
1: Some other injuries, Calvin Ridley out of practice with a foot injury Um, Atlanta, been lo- relying on him quite a bit, really getting targeted as much as Julio Jones um, in a meaningful way week in and week out. And to me, Pete, I think if Ridley doesn't make it in still, you know, one more day here if he gets in a practice tomorrow, but um, that could certainly change the equation. But for me right now, I do think this makes Julio Jones a more appealing play. Certainly some trickle down to Russell Gage, the Denver defense you know, not a great defense to target, but I do think Julio very capable of getting, you know, getting open in any situation and also just getting a little more volume I think makes him pretty interesting though it does look like he's going to be really highly owned perhaps because of this Ridley injury
0: yeah I know I was checking out Osimo's early projection on it too I think he actually updated it earlier today and even boosted it some more it makes sense right like he's coming off of that big game on Thursday night no Ridley he's going to get a ton of targets um I and I like that game too um so I think if you're playing Julio you're probably needing to stack it to make sure you're getting unique in some way, like I never like playing the really chalky wide receivers that aren't Devante Adams as a one-off, um, but I get it at 7,200 and in his role with Ridley out. I mean, he's a nice play.
1: Yeah, so Julio certainly could be a viable cash game play this week if you're a person who likes playing the cash games of NFL DFS, follow the ownership there, and a pretty solid floor for Julio, especially if Ridley does remain out, and and as Pete mentioned earlier, if Ridley gets in, I would play some Ridley for sure, because the outside matchup on both sides, going against A.J. Boye, going against uh, Michael o- Ojemedia, I don't even know who that is, but not a guy who grades out well according to the matchups, giving up 1.4 yards per route covered so far. Another big injury, Pete, Mark Ingram still out of practice last week, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edward both had 16 touches each um some pass game work for both some red zone work Gus Edwards did get the only carries within the five yard line but I think this is actually kind of an important injury Pete because to me Dobbins and Edwards they're priced up a little bit more this week but both guys should very much be in play against Indianapolis um you know despite a pretty tough run defense by them I don't think it matters I think if they're going to get 16 to 20 touches that's a lot of work for guys who are this cheap
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I slightly prefer Dobbins because he's going to catch the passes. Uh, But yeah, I'm really interested in Dobbins right now. His ownership seems like it's going to stay in check. And uh, yeah, I think his pass catching role, you know, his snap share jumped big time uh, coming from out of the bye week. And we've kind of seen this trend with these rookies, right? Where DeAndre Swift comes out of the bye. And uh, as as long as your name isn't Jonathan Taylor, your role seems to increase when you come out of the bye as a rookie.
1: Yeah, poor Jonathan Taylor got dusted by backflip and Naheem Hines. The backflip, we didn't talk about this on the show, but the backflip on two touchdowns was a little bit too much. Like you do do one backflip, sure, but the second one, do something different.
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes I think those guys, they plan out one touchdown celebration and you score the second time and you're like, oh shit, I got nothing. I guess we got to go back to the backflip. Can you do a backflip? Because I could see you being sneaky backflippable. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've done backflips on a trampoline. I would not trust myself uh, on the ground. Because
1: <laughs> right, I think if I like, I definitely could not do a backflip. I think I've done one moon salt off of a pool uh, diving board once. It's about as good as I can get. But I guess uh, to Naheem Hines' credit, like. If he could do backflips, if if I could do backflips, I probably would do it more often. Just like where you knew you were going to hit it, like and and you're showing a million people or millions of people on TV. Like I guess that's really the most you know alpha thing you could do, just showing off that you, uh, gravity not even a concern for you. Ben Gratch, can you do backflips? <laughs> Very much not. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even do them on a trampoline.
1: ben's doing backflips emotionally right now because he's on splash play right now follow ben at yards per and check out ben's substack uh, a popular thing pete and i were talking before we came on the air a lot of people going over to substack .substack bengretch.substack.com that's the home of stealing signals ben how has the substack game been to you and i feel like a lot of jonathan bale's love out there a lot of different journalists from different fields besides just sports as well but um it's pretty cool to have your own thing right
2: yeah, definitely. I I had never actually heard of Substack uh, when I left CBS right before the season, and and had a couple people reach out to me and, and suggest it as a good fit for the stealing signals column that I've always written, and um, it's been it's worked really well. It's been a great fit for it. They were right, and and I've really enjoyed doing
1: it there. And it's high level data too. Make sure you're checking it out. BenGretch.substack.com. Uh, support the guys who are doing something different, using that data for themselves. And and, and Pete, I'll throw it to you here because I know you know Ben. You've known Ben for a while. Of uh, people should be following Ben at per YardsPerGretch. One of the more clever names out there. But but Pete, I'll throw it to you here because uh, you know the Ben stat world a little better. And we got to transition into our segment.
0: Yeah. So yeah, no, Ben, Ben knows I, I do all these different shows and my, my go-to horse uh, to bring on to these podcasts. I always try to get Ben on these shows because uh, he can talk about all the different aspects of football from a really sharp angle. And uh, yeah, he has all these stats. Ben has his, his whoppers, his tippers, his racers, all of these things. They, they come up with these cute names for him. And I thought, let's see if us collectively under pressure can come up with some new advanced metrics based on the acronym. So working in the other direction. Uh, And so I like Balderdash, I have the game. And the new version, the original Balderdash is you just point to a random word in the dictionary and everyone tries to guess what that definition is. But on this one, they have acronyms. So I'm gonna just pull some random ones out here and we're gonna workshop an advanced metric for, okay, I'm already excited about this one. First, what I pulled, and I already know where we're going with this, the initials are A, J, G, A. A, G, G, A. A, G, G,
2: or A, J, G?
0: Sorry. A, J, G, as in A, J, Green. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: A. So the A, J,
2: enough- Green adjustment. There A- <laughs> you
0: there it is. The A- so what would the AJ Green adjustment mean? You just dock his projection down? 360? Yeah, whatever
2: volume you're getting, uh, you have to dock uh, the expected points at least 50%.
0: Do you like that, Spags, or you got you got another A on it?
1: I, I feel like advanced
0: ground uh, J. No, the J's first. Yeah, yeah. Damn,
1: no, that's right then. Yeah, yeah. Um, adjusted ground advantage is what I would call it. So I'm going a little more real here. I think this is the branding we can get out there. The adjusted ground advantage, Pete, if I were to make the stat up would be um, how good a team is against the run. So it's actually just a bootleg DVOA. It's just, I'm just going to rip off DVOA and call it AJGA, I think is the move for me.
0: But that's what we're doing here. We're putting a new label on these stats. We're going to market it better than these nerds here. Nerd bash 2020 continues. Um, All right, here's one. I F a. I-, <laughs> F- I mean,
1: that, that sounded very sensual the way that you phrased that initially. Yeah. I-F-N-A. Uh, man. Let's
2: see it, here. Intermediate. complete, forward, <laughs> negative.
0: <laughs> negative. I like the A. The A, the adjustment works out well with that. Um, okay, this is such a harder game than I thought. I know Man, we really, an we're AJ Green.
1: In and cruise here an AJ. We should have gone the initial idea that we talked about, Ben, was that uh if we were just gonna rip off other stats and give them like just plagiarized names. So, like instead of Whopper, we'd have Big Mac. And I feel like <laughs> that might have been the easier one for our brain levels. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> here. Rob here for acronyms is really difficult. I'll do I'll do a three-letter acronym. I feel like that's okay. more manageable. DFC. DFC. So we got like defensive. Fullback correlation. (laughs) In what matchups is a fullback's expected scoring boosted,
2: DFC? I I mean, no, you you said correlation. So the the fullback touchdowns and the defensive scoring, I mean, there's – probably a strong correlation. There. <laughs> I would
1: say it's a, a stat that I would call dropbacks for cumsies, where we're really excited <laughs> about a quarterback. Like how many plays does he have that really get us going? I think that's where DFC. That's in, a touch for- I, yeah.
2: I can't come up with that. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's, I can go with one, but
0: you, you well, can, you can well. let it rip. We'll, we'll bleep it. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> all right. One more here. Uh, and this will determine if this segment has officially bombed or succeeded. So the pressure is on guys. L P. L-P-A
2: Lazy passes attempted
0: (laughs) Like like the guys when they throw ducks Like they're just like the noodle arm Like what percentage of passes are just really lazy Bad passes So like Jimmy Garoppolo just breaks this metric Yeah
2: Nick Mullins is doing it right now Actually (laughs) the whole first half
0: there you go.
1: Spags, you have a punch up on LPA. Yeah. Lingering passes attempted, like the ones that are just hanging in the air and then anybody can get like, I, that's more of a duck. Like, so there's probably a better duck when to go, but I something I think like it's really does feel like a Jimmy Garoppolo stat where you're like, yeah, his LPA has been terrible all year long. It's just leaving him up for everybody.
0: How about this one too? How about um, uh, lingering punts um, accuracy or something where they, you, you know how when they used to punt and they would show that hang time for those? I want to see how long does that punt hang in the air. Let's see yeah, which. What- just it's called hang time. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're rebrand. I agree. We should rebrand hang time as a lingering punts. I think. <laughs> When I thought of this idea,
0: I thought it was good. I thought it was
1: oh, gold. <laughs> well, Ben, I guess we'll, we'll transition to something that's actually useful. <laughs> we do, The important thing is we try here on Splash Play, we so do. that's why people should hit that like button and subscribe. But Ben, what's your favorite stat? Because I know uh, Pete sent me w- one clip of your articles where you talked about some of the ones you like the most, trap, the trivial rush attempt percentage, the high value targets. But if there are one stat you could choose. Let's say you were stuck on an island and had to get <laughs> romantic with one stat. Which one would be the one that makes it to the... <laughs> so it makes it to the bachelor suite
2: i mean probably that one you uh high, it's high value touches for running backs it's probably that i mean i think it's a really good stat right now because i, I think what's interesting about stats is like you have sort of evolving an evolving industry and, and then certain stats get leaned on too heavily or, or don't get leaned on too heavily and everything is related to value and fantasy right so right now uh, the way that I see it, high-value touches adds a lot of value because uh, everyone knows that touches generally matter. High-value touches are just a subset of overall running back touches. It's all receptions and all touches inside the 10-yard 10, 10 line. I call it the green zone, these high-potential you know, touchdown scoring opportunities. Um, and about 60% of all running back points uh, in PPR leagues are scored on those touches, and it's only about 25% of all running back touches. So you have, you know, three quarters of the touches are these, whatever, between the 20s rush attempts. Those, those are basically the rest of them. All the rush attempts outside of, you know, um, high leverage scoring areas. And most people look at running backs and say, okay, 25 touch back, 30 touch back, th- those are good things. But if they're not getting enough high value touches, it tells you immediately, okay, this guy's probably overvalued relative to the amount of touches he's getting, or he's undervalued. If he's getting a lot of high value touches, but maybe not getting a whole a whole bunch of touches, the market tends to not be very uh, high on him. But because of the types of touches he's getting, we should probably be higher on him. I use it a lot. I mean, I use it in DFS. I use it in all my season-long decisions. I use it um, on a team level. When I look at what teams are creating a lot of high-value touches and then a player gets injured and and there's an opportunity for somebody to step in and potentially have a big, uh, a big role as a running back. You know, it was a good... Good examples: Mike Davis this year. Christian McCaffrey goes down. The offense is set up really well for him to to step in, catch a lot of passes, have some scoring potential. So, I mean, that's running back's a tough one, and that's the biggest thing that I lean on for running back.
1: Is there anybody else who jumps out? He was somebody who you know people maybe are really bullish on, but falls short in some of those metrics of the high value touches.
2: Um. I mean, like so guys like Derrick Henry always wind up falling short. Derrick Henry's a little bit of an, an anomaly, right? But like Josh Jacobs, guys that are 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 seeing really big workloads, but not necessarily catching enough passes, maybe not getting enough goal line work. Uh, obviously Henry does and, and Jacobs does get a decent amount of goal line work. Joe Mixon is a guy that that tends to fall short in those metrics. Kenyon Drake has all year. He's injured now. Um, Chase Edmonds has been a guy that in, in my um newsletter I've been talking about all year is kind of the, the perfect high value touch stash because as a backup he was basically taking half the team's high value touches in the backfield even though he was seeing a lot smaller of a percentage of the overall touches um, and now that he's going to be in a bigger role you love to see a guy who's already getting uh, a high share of, of high value touches and then they're jumping into potentially more snaps more overall touches I think his ceiling could be higher than uh, you know what Drake's was in in, in typical weeks so Um, That's a guy that I'm really excited about this week.
0: And one thing Ben does in the newsletter is he does it in two parts. In the second part, he posts kind of the leaderboards and some of these metrics he likes to look at. So you can get at the end of it, the high value touch leaderboard. I think you have it rolling for weeks five through eight. I would say the name that jumps out the most that people would be like, wait, what Uh, JD McKissick in there at number 13, getting all of those catches right now. He's kind of in an interesting split with Gibson.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. He's running a ton of routes, uh, catching a lot of passes. We do see that with, with pass catching backs where it could be a little bit, you know, I don't want to say misleading because he is, he's catching a lot of balls. He's good in, in PPR right now, or he's at least usable in PPR right now. Um, but he's not seeing a whole lot of low value touches at all. You still kind of need some rushing yards to boost, you know, the, a floor up a little bit. It's helpful. So guys like him are, are you know, high floor, maybe not uh, particularly high ceiling. But uh, he is interesting. I mean, I he's mean, certainly seeing a lot more than you'd expect. What, let's transition because uh, we were talking the inju- uh, injuries
1: for the week that actually matter, Ben, before you came on. And um, you mentioned Kenyon Drake being out or at least out of practice right now. I guess there's a shot he could get back in tomorrow, maybe blow up the priced-up Chase Edmonds. But uh, people were tweeting, Pete, to ask about the Dolphins' backfield, your thoughts about Patrick Laird and uh, Miles Gaskin being out. I don't know how high value his touches were necessarily, but he was getting some results, Ben. So is there anybody who you see Miami having, um, you know, Peter's biases for Patrick Laird aside?
2: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, we all know Peter loves Patrick Laird, but no Gaskin has been a guy that I've liked literally since week one um, and was kind of pointing out after week one that he got lost in that first waiver run. Uh, he got, he didn't get picked up in some leagues because there was a lot of hype around uh, Naheem Hines had a big week one and Malcolm Brown was the other one. But Gaskin immediately played a really big snap role, And the key thing was he was getting high touches right away. He started catching uh, high-value touches right away. He was catching passes right away. He wasn't really necessarily seeing the the touchdown scoring looks uh, when Jordan Howard was playing. Then Jordan Howard got benched. All of a sudden, Gaskin was this guy's like, okay, not a great offense, but he's getting some touchdown uh, uh, scoring-type touches, some touchdown potential in his profile. And he's catching plenty of passes. I was really stoked about him. It's a bummer he goes down. But there is definitely opportunity here. It's a tough backfield to handicap right now, though. I was excited about Brita, but Breida's looking like he's not going to play. It's probably going to be a combination of Howard and Laird, where Howard's getting the, you know those, those goal line looks that he was getting in the early weeks when he was active. He's been inactive for several weeks now, and now he's going to be back on the field. You'd expect that he'd return to that role and have the touchdown potential, but not probably a lot more than that. And then Laird, I assume, will be will be handling the reception. So you're not going to necessarily have the combination that you had in Gaskin. And it isn't a great offense, especially with the quarterback change. Probably not going to be as freewheeling as it was under Fitzpatrick. So I'm not as stoked right now about any of them. Brita was the guy that I thought maybe could, could do both parts of it like uh, Gaskin has been doing. But it's probably going to be split up, the, the high value touches now. Do you have any
1: feelings here? I feel like we've been—it's like waiting for uh, the presidential statement the other night at two, two in the morning. But like, how do you feel about this Dolphins backfield? And is it your time? Is it time for the Patrick
0: Laird believers to to come together like Voltron? The thing that's weird about Jordan Howard, right, is he's been inactive, you know, like there's, there's some guesswork of like, what is going on? They bring him in and this guy is inactive when he fills like a concrete role for them. Even if they like Gaskin, you'd figure they bring in Jordan Howard for some of these goal line carries, whatever. And so I, and I had seen quotes from him too, of being pretty disgruntled. Like, why aren't you guys using me? So I am curious, like how many touches he gets once he's active for the first time in a while. And I do think Laird will play on almost every passing down uh, as well. You know, Laird was, uh, he left the game for a second last week uh, with an ankle injury. I have talked with him. He said the ankle's fine. It just was a very minor sprain. So you guys don't have to worry about the ankle injury. There's the inside scoop. You got to tweet that out and be like, Patrick Laird, active this week. <laughs> <Sort> <laughs> but, but this is what the 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 chat stays between us, you know, because the second I start going and posting that on Twitter, and then he's like, whatever. But I know he's not going to watch this show, so it's fine. Oh, He
1: doesn't watch Splash Play, but he needs help with his fantasy team. What does he even do it?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's incredible that he doesn't find time for for my mini-podcast. It's a shame. <laughs> just rude on his part, really, yeah. I would say. Um, but we have to –
1: We Ben, you're numbers guy. We have one segment that we do every week where the goal really is just to catch Peter and make him feel bad about himself with uh, guessing three stats. Two of them are true. One of them is false. It's called numbers don't lie. And uh, let's get into the first stat right away so we get to the ride or die picks coming up. Hit that like button and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Five stars and review an Apple podcast. First stat up. Targets per route run is a favorite stat of Ben Gretsch, and that shows that how often a player gets work when involved in pass plays. It's rare to see players above a 30% target per route run with guys like Keenan Allen just under that. But the Packers have two such players, with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones targeted on over 31% of their routes run heading into tonight's Thursday night football game. So, Ben, not adjusting for tonight's game, does that sound right to you, that both Adams and Jones are getting targeted on over 30% of their routes?
2: Yep, I'm going to say that's a true stat
1: how do you feel about it?
0: You, so you're using one of Gretchen's stats here that he knows inside <laughs> and out. And then, but here's the thing. I can just tail him. So if Gretchen <laughs> says that's true, then I agree. It's true.
1: All right, so that we'll see if that comes true. We'll, we'll give the final pick at the end. Next stat up, Marvin Hall. So a snap count rise with Kenny Galladay's injury. He responded with a 113-yard day. But Hall's numbers jump off the page as a king of the splash play this year. With Matthew Stafford, As Hall averages 40 air yards per target on his admittedly small sample size. Pete, that's a very big number for Marvin Hall, but he's going to get some routes this week. Does 40 air yards per attempt sound even possible to you?
0: So, yeah, I know he had a ton of air yards uh, with Galladay out. 40 air yards per target, though. Ah, That could be right because I want to say he only had three or four targets, Um, but then that math gets tricky quickly. If it's three, it works out. If it's four, it doesn't. So it all comes down Ben. Do you remember if he had three or four targets?
2: I don't. I don't specifically remember. I thought he had a little bit more volume than than that. Are you saying 40 air yards per target for the season or for this? For the week? season, yeah. For the season. He is a game, yeah. deep threat who doesn't see a lot of targets unless they're bombs. He's always been that guy. He was that guy in Atlanta before Detroit. It this one's plausible. I want to hear the third stat
0: to, to see what yeah. might be. Let's circle back. This one's fishy to me. This one feels like it's like. 30 and spags boosted it to 40. Yeah, I mean, you know what hall though uh, i think last week
1: had four for 113 if i'm remembering correctly i didn't i didn't pull it up while we were talking which would have been the smarter thing to do but if my brain works i think it was four for 113 final stat lamar jackson talked this week about wanting to get marquise brown going after brown deleted a tweet complaining about his role but brown might not be able to get much more work than he has His 2.3 deep targets per game are the most in the league tied with players like dk metcalf calvin ridley and mike williams so ben you've heard all the stats which one is the lie
2: Ooh, the Marquise Brown one is pretty interesting too. He's certainly been dominating in like team air yard share. He's certainly been seeing downfield looks, um, but just the it's either that or the Marvin Hall one. I'm gonna guess the, the 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 targets per route run was true at least a few weeks ago. Last I last I really dug into it. I don't know if it's still true, but I'm gonna stick with that one being true. And I'll say the one that is a lie is. The Marquise Brown one, just they don't throw enough. 2.3 per game. It's a raw number. It seems too high. It seems right, hard for him to be among the league leaders in a, in a low-volume offense. Pete, what do you think? you ride I, with Ben?
0: I know I should just ride with Ben, uh, but the whole reason people love this segment is I eat shit every week on it and the guest does good, so I'll say it's Marvin Hall is the false one. Pete, you are correct for
1: that <laughs> <laughs> segment. You are right. Uh, Marvin Hall, I think, averaging 24. Let me just pull it up real fast. But I just, I, yeah, I made it a bigger number. So you actually completely called it, much like Lord Reeves did a few weeks ago. Yeah, Marvin Hall getting uh, 24.14 air yards per target.
2: Yeah, 40 seemed seemed pretty tough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not crazy because Matthew Stafford does love to sling it, but Marvin Hall, uh, I think a very sneaky play this week, 3,800 on DK, and yeah, 24 air yards per target, and he ran, I think, 35 routes last week, so... Uh, Certainly some room for something against Minnesota. Pete, how does it feel to get that win that had
0: those arms? I feel like I haven't seen you pump your arms so vociferously like that in a while. It felt good. This entire show is just an apparatus for Spags to try to trick me and make me feel lesser than him. So it feels nice to get one up on him. Yeah, and you got one over on Ben.
1: So there you go. One one win for Pete. Sorry, Ben, that you had to be the punching bag for Pete <laughs> to get one victory here. Uh let's talk our let's get into the main stuff here. And I think we should just get right into our troll equity play of the week. This is the play uh that's most likely to blow up in a lot of people's faces. Um, ownership-wise, it does seem like some ownership expected this week. Uh, we talked about Julio Jones being a chalk play. He looks like he'll be one of the highest-owned plays of the week. Josh Jacobs, a guy that Ben mentioned, maybe not getting enough high-value touches, gonna be pretty highly owned, but Ben, is there anybody who jumps out to you? You know, somebody's going to be owned. Is there a backup running back who steals touches? Who is the troll play for you this week?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say James Conner. I think he's going to be pretty popular. Or, I, I mean, I don't know if I have that right. James Conner's going to be the popular one. The 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 troll is going to be Benny Snell. Benny Snell had five green zone touches from weeks five to seven. He didn't even play an offensive snap last week, uh, but he's been getting a bunch of carries from the one and the two yard line. He has four carries from the one or the two yard line. Uh, and that's basically all he's been doing. He has two touchdowns in uh, that that little span. So over the last four weeks, those four carries from the one or the two yard line, it ties in with Derrick Henry uh, and Josh Jacobs behind only David Johnson's tied for second in the NFL with these like workhorses. So James Conner sometimes loses these really close goal line touches to Benny Snell. I don't think the Steelers are going to need to ride Conner a ton. We've seen them mix in some other backs. I think it's going to be pretty popular in DFS uh, but I, I I think he's going to be chocked that I'm going to be fading this week.
1: Yeah, it looks like he'll be projected somewhere between 15 to 20 percent ownership, uh, depending upon where you're looking at. But yeah, Connor is a guy who I play every week because he just looks well with the standard deviation numbers when you run some Sims and see where it goes. And I'll be there with Connor this week, but it does seem uh, he'll be one of the more popular running backs. Pete, how about you? Any thoughts uh, either on Connor or if you want to go make your own troll play of the week?
0: Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. I think that's a good one there. I'm going to throw it to you because I have two troll play situations that I want to do and I can't decide and I'm hoping you will take one of them and then I'll just do my other one. Okay. Um, so yeah, for me, I guess I'm going to go,
1: oh man. So I like this guy a lot, Keenan Allen, but the price is starting to come up and Mike Williams is such a target monster getting those 2.3 deep targets game we talked about last segment. So I think Mike Williams being the troll play of the week, just all he is is deep shots. Won't surprise me at all if either he or Jalen Guyton get behind this Raiders defense. That's not that great. Um, You know, certainly slowing the game down enough to get some positive results. But yeah, I think Mike Williams will be my troll play, Pete. So hopefully that was in your mix.
0: No, yeah, you didn't steal mine. Uh, The two I was debating, uh, but this is the one I will go on the record with. So Dalvin Cook comes back last week and absolutely smashes. He's going to be fairly popular again this week and it was two weeks ago when he missed before their buy, everyone was ready to jam Alexander Madison. Everyone was playing him at inflated ownership, and he absolutely flopped. So what better troll play than when everyone is back on Dalvin Cook that Alexander Madison comes in there and steals one of those first touchdowns? The tilt will be real on Twitter when that happens.
1: There you go. So some running backs to consider as pivots this week. You want If you want to not take that James Conner, not want to take that Dalvin Cook chalk, uh, there are some ways you can go. Um, let's get into the meat here. The ride or die picks, of course, that we we so love here. And they, these are presented by Thrive So Make sure you are playing on ThriveFantasy.com. Or if you just want to go put in the promo code SPLASH, you can get yourself a double deposit bonus anywhere between $20 and $50. They will match that immediately over at Thrive. So go take advantage of those deals. Build your bankroll over at ThriveFantasy.com with that promo code SPLASH. All right, Ryder Day plays for week nine. Let's start it off. Denver getting 23 implied points at Atlanta, getting 27 implied points, 50 point over under in this game. Ben, you are the guest. So, uh, Pete, if you want to give a quick breakdown of what Ben can take here, maybe that'll help him out.
0: Yeah, I was, I was filling him in a little bit in the DMs. I was showing him some of our previous ones here. But really, you can make any kind of bet you want, prop, line, spread, guy to be in a millimaker maker lineup. And then we have three different levels of points based on how aggressive you are. If it's a 50-50 proposition, like a spread bet, that's just worth one. If it's a little more aggressive, say more like a 30% chance of happening, that's worth three. And then the true Hail Mary's sub 10% likelihood, that is a 10 pointer. Although last week we gave Daigle a couple hundred pointers on just <laughs> obscure sub one percent ones. So whatever you do, uh Spags will defer to me to give the arbitrary judgment on how much it's worth, and, and we'll roll with it.
2: All right. Well, this is a, an interesting game because uh, it's a high total. It's in Atlanta. We know Atlanta likes to play shootouts. We know probably Julio Jones is going to be popular. These stacks are going to be popular. Noah Fant looks like he's in a good spot. Jerry Judy got you know led the NFL in air yards last week. And my pick is going to be that Atlanta's defense scores double-digit fantasy points. Ooh. I don't buy Drew Locke at all. <laughs> I, I agree. I hate what's your case for hating drew Locke?
1: because I, or not, I don't want to say, hate. I don't want to put too strong of a word, but I think he's one of the most overhyped guys for analysts out there. who are like, yeah, the Broncos have their franchise QB. And it's like, I, I don't see that on any given week.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen that either. I, I don't, I think the jury's still out. He could be good, but I don't think we've seen consistent enough play from him. He can certainly make mistakes. I think Atlanta at home will lead in this game and he'll have to throw to keep pace. Their offensive line is not particularly good um atlanta's d is not great but I, I think he's the type of quarterback that can make some mistakes turn the ball over a couple of times uh and yeah i i i think the atlanta's d is kind of an interesting one that'll be a little bit lower lower owned too as well so yeah
1: Hopefully. yeah people should be chasing drew lock a little bit given the fact that atlanta's defense is so bad looks like he'll be projected for at least some ownership for some of the reasons that ben just mentioned pete what about you in this game what's your ride or die pick
0: Yeah, so I'll try to do something off of the Julio Jones chalk. He is going to project as the highest scoring uh, non-QB in this game. Actually, he's projecting as the highest scoring, even including the QBs. But I will say Melvin Gordon is the highest scoring non-QB in this game. Okay. I'm going to go. So Tim Patrick hasn't gotten back or he's limited in
1: practice. Hasn't had a full practice yet, but I think the uptick for Judy getting those air yards is because Patrick wasn't out there. I think there's been a tendency for Locke to target him. So I will say Tim Patrick, highest scoring wide receiver on the Broncos or highest scoring skill position guy on the Broncos. I'll go, I'll go the full Monty there. Um, uh, Next game up, let's do Baltimore getting 23.8 implied points. Indianapolis also getting 23.8 implied points. Kind of a surprising pick-em here in a game with a 47.5 point over-under that's come up a half point throughout the week. And uh, actually, Indianapolis getting bid up a point and a half as well since Open started on Tuesday. Pete, this game, who looks good to you?
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to come up with something fun around J.K. Dobbins. I'm pretty excited about him. I think he's a really good DFS play at 4,900. I will say... Like if I'm looking at a projection system, Philip Rivers projects for 15.75 points. J.K. Dobbins 11.46. I'll say J.K. Dobbins outscores Philip Rivers. Okay,
1: I like that one, Ben. What about you? Uh, literally, all I wrote down was J.K.
2: Dobbins. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's a double coastline. I know, like, pretty on much the same point that uh, Pete was going to make. I was going to kind of come up with on the fly what what my take was going to be. <laughs>
0: How about – so other kind of styles of things you could do, we sometimes do like top five at his position on the slate. We say he ends up in a winning Millie Maker lineup.
2: Those are some of the other – So, yeah, I mean I think top, top five at his position is a great one. I, I think his ceiling is a lot higher than people realize. He's been super efficient. He's looked very, very good. Uh, we know that Lamar Jackson the run game helps efficiency. The Colts are the number one rush defense in the league right now by success rate against the run per Sharp Football um but they're only that because the Steelers were previously and the Steelers were easily previously but Baltimore just ran all over Pittsburgh it doesn't really seem like the defense matters too much to Baltimore the way that they scheme things and how Lamar Jackson uh you know commits so much so many resources on the defense so it really helps these running backs I think Dobbins is going to run efficiently but the big side for Dobbins is he's been running a ton of routes and with Ingram out he ran a season-high 22 routes Only saw one target in that game. I think he has the potential for four or five catches. We've seen him catch a few passes in other games. So I I think top five running back is very possible in PPR scoring, we'll say on DK, uh, if he catches three or four balls and also has that rushing efficiency.
1: I don't feel like I have a great read on this game. So I'm just going to take the over 47 and a half. I feel like that seems safe here. Like this could be a really defensive matchup for some of the reasons that Ben mentioned, or this could be one that the scoring gets out of control. I really wouldn't be surprised either way. But it's worth pointing out, really, nobody going to be owned on Indianapolis after people got burned pretty bad by Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't think it makes sense to go to Naheem Hines. And actually, I'm curious your thoughts, Ben. Naheem Hines, uh, real fast before we get to the next game. Any thoughts on that outlier game for him? I mean, it wasn't a big, a huge uptick in work, but certainly some less for Jonathan Taylor. And, and Naheem Hines is going to float when Taylor f- uh, flounders, it does seem like.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for, I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of touches. Like you said, he only had eight touches in the game. I, I think what we saw was a little bit of what we have seen from, um from Uh-oh. Or oh, he doesn't he mind to running backs in, in, in scoring. range. can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry. You're good now. Just
2: froze for a sec. You're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, I was just saying uh, a little bit of what we heard in the offseason. Naheem Hines was the, you know, the potentially the new Austin Eckler for Phillip Rivers. He doesn't mind throwing to to running backs in scoring range. He catches two touchdowns. But really, with some of these pass catching receivers, they have these spike week potential. Uh, the the spike week potential we saw it in week one from Hines as well. And then he had didn't do a lot for five weeks. This could be another week where he spikes, but I think it's just going to be really, really high variance with him. And I, he's just not somebody that I'm going to chase most weeks.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the kind of play to me. I just, So we're talking about these because we do have some you know some more casual players out there who maybe don't follow stuff that closely. And see the Naheem Hines two touchdowns and you want to go there. But it's been mentioned, you know, less than 10 touches. It's not a great place to be. Very narrow little chance here of, of success in that one, even though we got there last week. Next game up Detroit getting 24.3 implied points in the game with a 52.5 point over under against Minnesota who's getting a pretty hefty 28.3 implied point total. I think I'm due to go first for this one. And um, I will say Marvin Hall. I'll, I'll actually repeat. I think this, I'm curious what your points on this.
0: Marvin Hall outscores Dalvin cook. Oh, I'll, I'll cool. give you 10. I'll give you 10 for that. That's 10. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> but I like that one because it, you can see how Spags can get there on on one big touchdown yeah. play in Dalvin Cook, but that that's a 10-pointer. I like the gusto on that. Okay, thank you. I, I, I'm i going for it a little bit, Pete. Not all
1: over. I'm trying to balance it out a little better. Get some singles, get some home run swings. Ben, what do you have in this game?
2: I have TJ Hawkinson as a uh, top three tight end this week. I think uh, the Vikings are a, a slight upgrade for tight ends as, you know, as a defensive matchup. Hawkinson saw, uh, I believe, 10 targets last week. With Galladay going down early. I think Galladay going out. Uh obviously opens up a lot of targets. And I and and you know, part of the reason you're talking about Marvin Hall is Marvin Jones does not look good this year. They need someone to step up. I liked Hawkins in this offseason and think he's this uh emerging second year, you know, former first round pick, big talent. Uh, and he's kind of gonna be the guy that's gonna lead this offense now, is is uh lead this passing game now, is uh is sort of the 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 take here. Pete, what about you? What's your ride or die pick?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines as you. I want to kind of fade Dalvin Cook at his inflated ownership. So I will say not as aggressive as Marvin Hall, but I will say Justin Jefferson outscores uh, not only Dalvin Cook, but all of the non QBs in this game.
1: Okay, I like that. I think there's certainly some room for production this game. Very high over-under. Uh, nice 52.5-point total in this game. Uh, next game up, Giants getting 20.8 implied points. Washington getting 21.8 implied points in the Battle of the NFC East. Game has a 42.5-point over-under, one of the lowest on the week. So, Pete, uh, you can go first here and see if there's anything at all that you like in this game.
0: Yeah, this one's so gross. Sometimes how I handle these on the show is I just kind of protest it with like a fantasy pick where I don't want to do it. So, mm-hmm. I'll take – I'll take the Giants with um because they're the road dog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just don't know if they should be an underdog in this spot. Uh so I'm gonna take Giants with the points.
1: All right, Ben, what do you want in this this not so great looking battle? Though Terry McLaurin is a captain now for Washington. So if that gives you a little, little inkling, go ahead. That's
2: that's uh I I like Washington, and I like them enough that my pick was going to be I was going to sell three points. It's a a two-and-a-half-point line and take Washington at minus five-and-a-half. I think their defense is legit, and I don't really buy anything about the Giants. Washington's at home. I don't think their offense is great, but I think they win by a touchdown.
0: Gosh, now I'm up against the guy that writes 3,000-word gambling <laughs> profiles for Oddshark. Hey, you
2: already beat me once. You'll probably beat me again.
0: <laughs> that's true, but that was the one in 1,000 that
2: he was going to
1: get the win, and now it's all downhill from here. Um, I guess in this game, oh, man, I really do not like anything. Um, I'm going to take oh, – a Golden Tate wants to get traded, so that's probably not a good pick. I, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take the to the Washington spread, I guess. I'll take
0: Washington <laughs> Wow, what a coward just yeah. tailing me. I'm just looking like I'm
1: looking at every single data point that I can see right now, and it's like everything just looks like crap. It's
0: just How about, okay, I'm changing mine. I'm changing mine. <laughs> okay. I don't want Spags to just kind of block me on one pick. We were talking about J.D. McKissick getting more high-value touches than Antonio Gibson. I'll say J.D. McKissick outscores Antonio Gibson.
1: Oh, OK. All right. That's fair. Uh, that should be a that, sh- that sounds like a three pointer. That's, that's a three. three. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next game up, Chicago getting 20.5 implied points. Tennessee getting 27 implied points game with a 47.5 point over under. And Ben, we are back to you here. What's your pick?
2: Yeah, I hate this game. This is one where I was like, I hate it. I don't know. I, it, it everything points to Derrick Henry, but I don't like playing Derrick Henry. I'm just, <laughs> I'm sure Pete's talked about it on the show before. He's not a big fan either. The guy doesn't get enough high value touches. You're betting on rushing efficiency. I don't like to bet on rushing efficiency. I certainly have played him in some spots. I don't think against Chicago is is the spot that I really want to go for it. I'm going to take the under on the on the total.
1: Yeah, that's that's a logical bet here. Two teams that. Uh, you know, not, not the most prolific offenses around though. Tannehill's look good this year. So Pete, maybe, maybe you want some Ryan Tannehill, some general Tannehill for you.
0: Yeah. Maybe through another direction. I do also want to continue to bet against Derrick Henry and his kind of median projections. Once every four games, he'll absolutely put you in a body bag, but generally you're making good bets the rest of the time. So I'll say AJ Brown outscores Derrick Henry here. All right. I, man, I think I'm going to go the opposite
1: way and say Derrick Henry, um, Top three running. nice no, he's, he's already projected to be a top three. I'll say millionaire maker winning running back. That seems fair enough. I I just feel like this is a Henry slog it out, grind it out with him type of game. But that that could be wrong. But um, I, you know, I'll be contrary and I'll take Derrick Henry.
0: That's the thing. I mean, if De- De- if Derrick Henry has one of those weeks, he will be in the winning millie maker lineup. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> I, he's one of those dudes. I feel like you just we've talked about these guys a lot where doubt. I mean, Devontae Adams very much there every week, but I think like you just have to get a little bit of Derrick Henry in there just in case he puts up 40, 50 fantasy points because, you know, he did that. Uh, he's treating NFL teams like he did the high school teams in Florida, where he's, it was just a series of 200, 300 yard games.
0: It's crazy too. Just looking, I, I like looking at Derek Cardi's ceiling projections here too. And you know the the median projection he's kind of jumbled up there with Tannehill and and A Rob and the quarterbacks. Uh, but his ceiling, he's at thirty two point seven. Nick Foles' ceiling is twenty three point seven. I mean, a ten point higher ceiling than a quarterback. It's it's pretty wild.
1: Poor Nick falls and poor Mitch Trubisky who's hurt. So we won't be seeing that switcheroo happening this week. It looks like that. Our, our friend John Daigle was the that we might see last week. Uh, next game up, Carolina getting 21 implied points, Kansas city getting 31.5 implied points, 10 and a half point favorite for them. 52.5 point over under. And I guess, uh, man, I guess I'm due to go first again. And I will take Patrick Mahomes looks under owned. Pete, what, what, what's a good bet here with <laughs> Patrick Mahomes? What's the best value I can get with
0: a Patrick Mahomes based bet? What relative to his ownership or just like how he performs just relative to our point totals. Um, gosh, Spags always tries to trap me into like a positive. Do you, do you have something for him? Gretch, something like a good benchmark. That would be an even above average Mahomes game. Uh, 30 points. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we can do a 30 point DK game because I think, you know they had the five passing touchdowns last week. Like you got to imagine they mix in a rushing touchdown here or there. So uh, I'll I'll give you a three pointer if he goes over thirty. All right, I'll take that. go ahead, Pete. Depe- you can take one too if you want to take a a
1: Patrick Mahomes bet too. Go ahead. Let's all the boys get on Patrick Mahomes. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I will say let's do let's do something fun here. Um, is DJ Moore outscoring Travis Kelsey?
2: Is that? Yeah. It's good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good, right. I think yeah.
2: Everyone thinks DJ Moore is not putting up as many yards at fantasy points as he's actually putting up. So <laughs> like, he's somehow underperforming everyone's expectations, even though he's pacing for like 1,300 yards or something. I, I, and then he gets the
0: island game last week where everyone was tilting him. Right, so I don't think right. anyone wants to play it <clears throat> after that either. Uh, what's your pick, Ben?
2: I'm taking one that's going to sound like right. it's. Not that that's surprising, but I think goes against conventional wisdom, and it's that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the top overall score on the entire slate, because yeah. everybody seems to think he's just going to come back and split with Mike Davis. There's a lot of Mike Davis love. He's already practicing. They said today that if their game was on Thursday, he would have played. Right? That was him. I that saw that quote. Yeah. On. Yeah. Um, I think he's fine. I think he's good to go. He was practicing in advance of their Thursday night football game last week. He has 10 additional days. And I just think that there's a pretty solid chance he comes back and plays as much as he's always played. And if he does, this is a perfect setup for him. Yeah, and, and right now, ownership projection is about 10% on him because he is really expensive. People aren't gonna play Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, in a situation where they're gonna trail. We saw Teddy was still throwing passes to Mike Davis. He could catch eight to ten passes right away coming back. That's what Christian McCaffrey does. Uh, I think it's a a great week to be on him. And it would not surprise me if he was the top skill position player on the entire slate.
1: Yeah. Potentially no Chris Jones in there for Kansas city, which, you know, defense uh, individual defense, usually not the biggest thing, but Jones has been a guy who's helped them, you know, stop the, the bleeding with the run game, uh, the run defense rather for Kansas city, even though they're giving up 140 yards per game. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty wise pick there. Next game up, Houston getting 28.8 implied points. Jacksonville getting 21.8. Jake Luton starting, or Luton? Is there... Does anybody
0: have a read in my mispronouncing? I keep going back and forth. Have you heard one,
2: I ben? think it's Luton, but
1: I'm okay. not certain. No. <laughs> I think if it's like Futon, I would think Luton, but maybe he doesn't want yeah. to be compared to a declining couch that turns into a bed. Either way, I like Luton. I'm, conf- I- I'm intrigued by him. I feel like the total here being 50 and a half points, I... I don't know if I should go for the gusto here with Luton because he's going to be owned a bit. People are are definitely not sleeping on Luton this week, but um, I, I guess I'll say Luton top five QB on the week. That seems like a play. Wow. So ours
2: are going to are going to correlate because I'm I'm going with a guy that that again that Pete and I both like. Uh oh, he's doing okay. it. He's <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I'm taking this is the Lavisca Chanel breakout week. I'm sure you've been hearing about it all year, but it's going to happen this week. Houston is not very good against receivers. They're an above average matchup, uh, specifically some possession guys like Adam Humphrey, Sammy Watkins back in week one, who's kind of a lower ADOT guy, uh, have had good games against Juju, had a good game against him. And last time Visca played him, he had seven catches for 79 yards. Uh, Devonta Adams had 13 catches against him, I think it was. So Houston is the right type of defense for the the role that the plays and we're coming off a bye. A lot of teams like to incorporate their rookies a little bit more. He's been playing well, just not really been involved enough. I think he's going to be a bigger part of their, their game plan in the second half of the season, and I think that starts here in this matchup. I think he gets seven catches and a touchdown. Um, I, I, I just wrote them down as stats, but do you guys go, go with, like, stat projections? I'm, I'm saying seven catches again and, and a score. He hasn't scored since week one. You could just, you could take over 20 fantasy points. I feel like that's, sure. usually yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: I like that pick too. And then also worth noting, Bradley Robey expected to be shadowing DJ shark, and he's done a pretty good job on the year. So definitely open thing, some things up for Visca to finally have that week. Pete, what are you doing here? Now that Visca has been taken away, ripped from your clutches. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. That's the thing about having a guy like Ben on where we think similarly uh, about players and knowing that I'm going to get cucked on my own guys that I want to pick for this, uh, this segment. I will go to another guy that we both like, though, in Will Fuller, who's kind of like the Derrick Henry of wide receivers in that like, he doesn't burn you when he doesn't get there, but he also has the 45-point upside. So I'll say Will Fuller, top five wide receiver on the slate this week, connects with Watson for a couple Big uh, splash plays, I should say, on this show.
1: Yeah, Will Fuller not getting traded. Maybe he comes through. And uh, Ben, any quick thoughts here on Luton? Just because I, I feel like people don't know, and you know, people who know are really into him. And if you watched, I think the highlight reels for him, I definitely a big arm dude coming out of college. But just any quick thoughts on him? Because I know it's it's sort of tough with these guys coming in. People, uh, Ben DiNucci, I talked myself into last week in the showdown that did not work out.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there, he was a promising prospect. I mean, that's all like that really comes to mind for me is that the, the, the people that I follow that do a lot of some of the, some of the quarterback modeling and look at the the different metrics thought that he fell a little bit. I think he was a seventh round pick. I think, I think it was like, he could be an interesting fourth or fifth round pick for some teams. He went a little later, uh, but he was one of these guys that outside the top five quarterbacks in this class, people thought could be really interesting. I'm excited to see him play. I uh, haven't, haven't watched a ton of his film yet, but, um, I, I think there are reasons from a statistical standpoint and from the, 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 the people smarter than me that, that build all the models that, that look at prospects to, to be optimistic about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It seems like more of a deep ball thrower than Gardner Minshew's been, but uh, we'll find out going against Houston. That's pretty much the most ideal spot for any guy to come into. Uh, next game up, Seattle getting 29 implied points. Game with a 55-point over-under, which I believe is the highest of the week. Buffalo getting 26 implied points on the other side. Uh, ben, I guess I'll let you go first here because there are some really nice ones uh, going the Seattle pass defense that you may want to take.
2: Yeah, it's, it's Stephon Diggs for me. I'm going to say 30-plus. DK points. Specifically, he's going to go for over 150 yards in this game. You can just write it down in ink. It's happening. Uh, Yeah, Diggs is going to absolutely smash. A terrible
1: pass defense for Seattle that should give Josh Allen and Diggs that ceiling. Pete, what do you want?
0: I got got some good cooking over here for this one. So (laughs) this is going to be bad, but it's good. Okay, so Greg Olson is banged up. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday. Gretch pointed out to me in stealing signals that Will Disley actually played more snaps than Olsen. the first time. Gretch, why are you laughing?
2: Because you're, this game has so many options, and you're you're on a, a Will Disley crash course right now. Oh, wait till you hear what I'm gonna say. Oh God, where are we at? Are we going to Jacob Hollister? Oh, Will <laughs>
0: Disley outscores one of DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. <laughs>
2: Will you guys I, give me 10 points for that? I think so.
0: I'll allow it. I, it, feels, it feels it's like your degrees. Marvin Hall one, it's actually a little sneakier than you think on the surface.
1: No, I, I'll allow it. I think that's that's a fair 10 pointer with the Marvin Hall precedent set. <laughs> um,
0: I
2: mean, we'll I, just I, like, literally get zero points.
1: Like,
0: yeah. like it's, it's a no gamble, no future.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's that is a fair point. Um, I'm gonna take. You know, I'm gonna take the under in this one. I feel like so much ownership going to the over. I do like Buffalo's side, but it just feels like the thing here that this game ends up a little bit more of a slog than people expect. Maybe, you know, maybe like that Niners game. I guess I ended up getting a little more open, but pretty high over under here. And it's come down a little bit throughout the week. So I'll take the under and keep it, keep it mostly
0: pedestrian in this one. Vegas getting 25. This feels like a good time to mention since we did get a tweet about this last Sunday when you posted these picks, and Mm. someone thought that they were disingenuous because we didn't update them with the Sunday news. (laughs) So the, uh, the emperor's caveat here or whatever, um, these are slight hot takes, I will just say. So yeah, and it's we also don't know own wind
1: way. right now, so that's the other part. I could, I'm licking my finger and putting it up in the air here in Los Angeles. I don't know how
0: that'll dictate
1: Buffalo's wind, but
0: yeah, the guy was upset that we didn't factor in wind into our Thursday <laughs> hot take picks. <laughs> it's
1: look, people want accuracy. I get it. When you come to Splash Play and you don't follow us and you're just searching picks on Twitter, <laughs> that's the, that's when you want the most accuracy. So Will
0: Disley's gonna do what? Who are these assholes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> next game up Vegas getting 25.8 implied points and another pick two pickems this week gets the Chargers also getting 25.8 implied points over under a 51.5 has come down oh well, Richie James doing so let's go baby Richie James a captain looking good in the showdown hopefully um, this game Pete you can take the first pick between Vegas and the
0: Chargers well you mentioned that the uh, over under is coming down what's it at right now 51 and a half okay I'm gonna take the under on that I was reading Thorman uh, write about this game in his snaps and pace, thinking it could be a slower game than people envision. I also think, not that this necessarily means that the game is going to be slower, but it's going to catch a ton of ownership in DFS as well. So I, I'm, I'm leaning towards fading this game in a couple different ways. I'll take the under here. Ben, is there anything you like in this side here or either side between Vegas and the Chargers?
2: Well, Keenan Allen is going to be popular, but <clears throat> he should be. He's still mispriced. I, I, I mean, like he's not like super underpriced but i don't understand why he's seven thousand even when he's uh he's been a pretty clear top five arguably top three receiver by pretty much any metric since justin herbert uh you know really got settled like maybe not justin herbert's first game but uh every week right now he's smashing and even with mike williams having a big game last week keenan Allen still pretty much got there for you so Uh, basically my take here is not like a hot one. It's just, you know, Keenan Allen's good shock this week. I'm going to say 25 plus DK points. I think he catches eight to 10 balls. He's been seeing so many targets and, and I think he keeps producing.
1: I'm going to stick with the, the Mike Williams. i think got the troll play. I landed on still the most appealing to me. I'll take Mike Williams over 20 fantasy points. I don't think it's brave enough to say more than Keenan Allen, but I'll take the three pointer. Uh, for Mike Williams there. Just, just love the air yards he's getting. And of course, when Jalen Guyton goes off this week, then uh, then I can tilt over that.
0: Look at you correlating your picks, trying to <laughs>
1: sweep this week in a landslide. <laughs> I, well, Ben, the thing that you, you may not know coming onto the show is that Pete, is, even when it looks like Pete's going to win on Sunday night, there's been some twists and turns
0: where Pete is, I think, I think we're you're six. I'm six, one, and one, I think is the overall record right now. Here's the other thing Ben doesn't know. Someone made an analogy about how these picks used to go. It was like he said, two guys playing a game of horse, and I'm shooting half court shots, and Spags is just doing little bunny layups and just beating me, you know, one <laughs> thing at a time. So I'm your Will Disley guy in this uh, relationship. <laughs> so, you know, it's all
1: about finding the logical outcomes in fantasy. You know, the, the Dalvin Cook days, the 10% days are the ones that matter. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I can keep it going here. I, I'm waiting for the bomb to fall off, though, because this is how it all works. Like, I'm going to lose seven weeks in a row down the stretch. And I'm going to, I'll probably cry, honestly, not on the show, but on my own private time. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. Next. laughs> Next game up, Pittsburgh getting twenty-seven point eight implied points in a game against Dallas, who is getting thirteen point eight implied points. Unclear who's starting; whether it will be the AAF MVP Garrett Gilbert or former Cowboys farmhand, I guess Cooper Rush, uh, forty-one Farmhand. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great nickname, the farmhand Cooper Rush. <laughs> well, it's like the minor leagues. Like I feel yeah, like yeah. that's basically what it is. It's just Cooper Rush was hanging around the organization for a while, and um, hopefully they start Gilbert. Though I'm a little more intrigued by him. Either way tough total here. And I guess I will, I honestly, I'm just going to take Pittsburgh and the points it's 14 on the road, but, uh, I just don't see how this blitz doesn't kill whoever is behind
2: center for Dallas. So that'll be my pick. Ben, what do you got? I am like slightly tempted, uh, to say that there's a little bit of uh, like or I want to be because they've only like Dallas has only scored 22 points in three games since Dak went down and I I think there's enough skill position talent here that they're going to rebound at some point but it's so hard to envision that against Pittsburgh and their offensive lines and shambles I'm going to double down on my uh, my uh, troll play as well and and I'm going to say James Conner is going to go under 15 points and I'm guessing he's going to be over 20 percent ownership he's not yet but this game just looks so lopsided that the lead back uh, in a game like this typically winds up catching some extra ownership late in the week, and I, I'm thinking he's going to be kind of a bust on on a over 20% um, shock.
1: There are probably some people correlating with the defense, too. That Pittsburgh defense, despite a high price, going to be high-owned because of how bad Dallas has looked against the Blitz in particular.
0: Pete, what do you want in this one? I'm going to look in the camera, and I'm not even going to blink when I say this one. Tony Pollard outscores Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> he just blinked. <laughs> Tony Pollard outscores
1: Ezekiel Elliott. Well, uh, you can't get a hotter hotter take than that or a more more of a death glare coming through your screen <laughs> at any given point. Uh yeah, interesting spot here for for this game. I I I honestly don't even know. I I am technically still a Dallas fan and I just don't like I don't see how they get it going because they cannot protect anybody in Pittsburgh blitz is almost 50% of the time. So it's going to be potentially very ugly in this one. Uh, last game on the main slate for Sunday. We do have the Sunday night game as well, so make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. Five stars and review an Apple podcast. Miami getting 22 implied points, two at QB once again after a not the most impressive start, but maybe I'll have some better days. Arizona getting 26.5 implied points on the other side, over under a 48.5. Pete, what would you like? I got to do
0: it. Got to do it for the brand.
2: (laughs) I I didn't write him down because I knew
0: you were going to do it. (laughs) The question is how hot. (laughs) <laughs> the question is, how hot do we go?
1: Millionaire maker winner running back,
0: Patrick Laird. <laughs> <laughs> that 4,000, I could see it. Yeah, let's say it. Let's say it. Patrick Laird in the winning Millie maker lineup, and it is my lineup. Yeah, uh, it's going to
2: have to be because he's only going to be in your lineup. I
0: know. I'm literally going to have to build one right now while you guys do the other picks. So I will win the Millie. I get a million dollars and 10 points if <laughs> –
1: <laughs> I win the Millie Baker with Patrick Laird. That's ten points. I'm sure the more important part <laughs> of that winning equation.
2: Ben, what do you want in this one? That's not Patrick Laird. Well, it the, kind of the easy one. I think this week is Chase Edmonds. We talked about the high value touches. I'm going to say it's a, th- a top three running back. Um, you know, obviously, you know, pending pending Kenyon Drake, who I don't think is officially out yet, but um, I don't expect to play. And, and Edmonds, is going to smash against Miami if if he gets an opportunity to be the lead back. Yeah, Kenyon Drake yet
1: to practice, but make sure you're watching that on Friday, uh see if he gets in there. Um (laughs) <laughs> you know, Pete, I don't like this pick, but I'm going to take it just out of spite. Jordan Howard, millionaire maker, winner ring. Oh, <laughs> oh yes.
0: God, that is so spiteful. Look at the look at this game stack. I'm already working with Tua, Laird and Preston Williams. Bring it back with DeAndre Hopkins. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I should throw in Disley here at tight end. <laughs>
1: honestly if we made lineups out of all your picks they would be really all over the place like it would be five thousand dollars left on the table <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> craziest stacks imaginable but who knows anything could win in a millionaire maker winner uh sunday night game new orleans getting 23.3 implied points bit of a weird situation with drew breeze been limited in practice does seem like he'll go but one other thing to watch tampa bay a four point favorite 27.3 implied points over under a 50.5 and this is the sunday nighter. so ben if you want to make a showdown captain pick it's also a, a potential 10 pointer there
2: oh just any captain
1: yeah I mean I that's gotta, basically uh, what we do here because it's hard enough to pick a showdown captain with how it goes so if you just get the captain right yeah we give we give out well I think Michael
2: Thomas uh is gonna return and much like my Christian McCaffrey one I think people have just forgotten how good these guys are I think Thomas returns to a 10 catch 100 yard day uh so I'll, I'll take Thomas as the showdown captain as well
1: all right Pete what do you do you want to do a showdown captain or do you want to go a little bit easier
0: No, I'll do a, I'll do a showdown captain. Um, who are they playing? (laughs) It's New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Oh my God. Is, is Rojo done? Ben? Yeah. Or is that just temporary?
2: (laughs) No, I think he's done.
0: All right. That's all I, that's (laughs) all I needed to hear. Ronald Jones showdown winning captain. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Leonard Fournette does seem like he has seized at least enough of the role to make it tough on a given week. Um, I will go, man, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Godwin has, has killed them before, but Evans, a lot more sucks this year. Mike Evans, showdown winning captain is what I'll go with. I, I hate it. He's He just does nothing every given, any week, but maybe the New Orleans thing stirs something for him. So Mike Evans, that's who I'll take. Ben, please give the people the plugs. Of course, bengretch.substack.com. That's where people get stealing signals. Your newsletter that you put a ton of work in to make sure you're giving people great data to make some helpful and more knowledgeable picks in the DFS and season long and betting and all that stuff. But uh, people should also follow at Yards Per Gretch. Anything else you want to plug, Ben?
2: Yeah, I do some sports betting at Odds Checker. But yeah, most of everything that I do will be uh, promoted on on Twitter, probably, at, at Yards Per Gretch. So that's the best place to get it.
1: Pete, any pluggies for you before we? I don't know why I said pluggies. I'm sorry. <laughs> please,
0: yeah, please pluggies don't. for you.
1: We call
0: quits. I was like when I remember when I was a kid and I had this friend's mom who used to say, "For if you had to go to the bathroom, you got to take a tinkle." And like hearing tinkle, I still get triggered. And and pluggies just <laughs> hit the same <laughs> note as taking a tinkle. I didn't love loving saying it. I knew saying it but it was a bad way to say it. I also will say it was the stealing signals that got me on Will Disley, you know, that that snapshare jumping over Greg Olson. So shout out to Gretch for helping win a million dollars there.
2: Super useful. <laughs> <laughs> You're using it exactly as it's intended.
0: (laughs) See, this is what happens to artists. You know, it's like Dave Chappelle was like, oh, my fan base like doesn't understand my jokes anymore. Like they don't get what I'm going for. This is Gretch. He's saying he's putting out this information and people like me are bastardizing it by now touting Will Disley. That's true. You are you are making it mainstream. You're McDonald's taking the idea from
1: the local chain and bringing it to all of America. Uh, yeah, follow at Yards for Gratch, Follow at Peter at Follow at Chris Spaggs. I'll be back Sunday on the Awesome Live Before Lock Show doing that thing again. So tune in if you want to hang out with me. Um, I, I think, Pete, you have a pre-lock show too, right? So are we competing? Do we compete pre-lock?
0: Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you watch Spags's instead of mine, uh, that's probably smart. <laughs> it's smart. <laughs> <laughs> The
1: Osmo shows are popping off, man. It was nice to come back. They're getting like 3K concurrence. It's like, wow, like I, it was great to help build this, but to come back and have done none of the work this season and just get some, some attention is nice.
0: Well, make sure when you're over there with those 3K concurrence, you're getting in some splash plate pluggies probably- while you're I- at it.
1: They took away my <laughs> moderator privileges because of me leaving full time. So like I can't put the link in, but I uh, I'll get on it. Pete, don't worry. Yes. <laughs> make sure we pour that adequately. Of course, I uh, one the big plug thrive, thrive, fantasy, go to thrive, use that promo code splash, support them, please. If you're, if you're a person who's watched the episode since day one, we know you guys are out there. Let's put in 25 bucks. they are giving you 25 bucks free. It's instant money right back. You can put in up to $50 over at ThriveFantasy.com or by downloading thrive, fantasy on the app store or the Google play store. So just do it. Um. Oh, we didn't do our, our Thrive Pick of the Week. We have to do that. Shit.
0: I And I know mine off the top of my head here. Go uh, ahead. Because I was looking at their props here, Gretch. They have Stefan Diggs at 69.5 receiving yards. The projections I was looking at had him at 85, 86 yards. I'm smashing the over on Diggs.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to double that. I already told you 150 is a stone lock. <laughs> there we
1: go. <laughs> Uh, and for me, I'll take James Conner. This will be, this is an official ride or die pick. So this counts in the record books for Pete and I, we won't make, we won't make Ben have to do this. Cause you know, you don't have to whore yourself out for, this one. <laughs> uh, for me. I'll take James Conner. I don't think I agree that with Ben, that he could end up being a trap play, but over 98.5 total yards, rushing yards, plus receiving. I just feel like he gets there in this spot and uh, maybe lose the touchdowns to Benny Snell. That's totally possible or, or chase Claypool running a jet sweep as always happens. But James Conner over 98.5. That's my thrive play. Hit that like button and subscribe. We'll be back with you guys Sunday night after Sunday night football. Thank you for watching.